We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey guys, welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. Had some interesting issues getting the recording to work properly. I'm going to go ahead and insert what we have here. Uh, I did not know if this would actually record at all, so I apologize if things are a little wonky, but I wanted to get you the content that we have. Thank you so much for supporting us this year, uh, and we'll have regular content as the offseason rolls along. So, you know, for those of you who... Uh, aren't aware because and I don't know how you wouldn't be Mavericks are now eliminated from the Western Conference Finals Um, quite the game lots of emotions and feelings Uh, the Mavericks just you know they're getting blown out of the water rally back didn't have enough kind of simple as that but let's go to a few people we'll talk about this and then uh, we will reconvene tomorrow or tomorrow night if that is of interest to people um, so come up first, my buddy, Jose, cause I know he wants to go to sleep. Uh, thanks Kirk for bringing me up. Um, so this game, uh, I feel like in the first half, Luca's body language was extremely off. I, I just felt like the, it, the two top guys, uh, in Brunson and Luca just really didn't come out with enough aggression and, it, it was something that I was very pissed off about. And the game quickly got out of hand in the second quarter. And then the third was pretty much the same. And then, you know, we kind of got on that little run, uh, but it was just to to no avail. We couldn't get no stops. And um, I, I was really, like, pessimistic because it was just a performance I did not want to see in a closeout game especially knowing the the short history that Luca has in elimination games where he's just able to put up these monster stats and everything. It was just something that I wasn't very pleased with. But overall, 
the season was a success and you know being in these green rooms and even uh 77 spaces that me Rollo, and jazz run has been a a great venture you know um we just had a lot of mavs talk a lot of fans getting together meeting up you know the the group chats and just being able to engage with constant mass fans ha has been somewhat of a pleasure, even though some people get on my nerves because <laughs> people because some people really don't think rebounds matter. And and I've been pulling out my hair about that. Like I just feel like rebounds matter. But other than that, it's still love to to everybody. Um you know, I'm I'm already in in draft mode. I, I've been looking at at you know some scouting reports and stuff like that. So I'm already ready to make some content for that on spaces. And I'm also thinking about doing a a space tomorrow for for any mass fans who are on Twitter to to come and convene there, and you know just recap the the postseason as a whole. Uh, I would really love for for y'all to come to Kirk's green room if he does decide to host one as well just might to, wait till nighttime uh, it, it, i tend to get in trouble when i do the daytime one <laughs> well it, you know that there's a a lot of a lot of uh space for everybody to create and to be able to share the the same type of of love and success so i definitely appreciate you kirk for the grind that you've had all throughout the season and i can't wait to hear your new content coming out in the future thanks buddy really appreciate that yeah yeah you guys ought to go follow jose post your twitter in the chat everybody should follow jose good dude uh appreciate his uh his his constant attempt at engaging with people because it is no fun to watch sports alone so <laughs> all right kirk yeah, talk soon. Um, let's go to Chris. How you doing, Chris? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Well, you know. Yeah, I'm you know. feeling depressed myself. <laughs> could be better, could be worse. Depressed but proud. So, you know, I have been a Mass fan for 22 years. And this, so this is the first season where, I mean, I've watched every single game, but I've gone on all these green rooms. And I actually, yeah, I want to say thank you, too. I to appreciate you doing all these, uh, all the Mavs Moneyball Minutes, uh, the ones with uh, Josh Bow, those are. I mean, I I just love it. Just listen. Yeah, Josh to carries stuff. me. Josh is. Uh, Josh Bow, great like duo, his... and actually, uh, that'd be kind of cool. I, I was thinking of it, him maybe getting on one of these live green rooms, and sometimes y'all have like a like a tag team kind of thing, and then you know we we have like a trio, like people come on and we kind of uh, do that, kind of like with when Mark Stein got on, or you know, sure, sure. Like no, Josh is great. Like the funny part, like Josh is like like. I don't think people know this. Josh is like six foot eight. He's like a mountain of a human oh being. My God. He he played basketball at the same high school as Miles Turner. Like he knows basketball. Like I would put his sort of X's and O's and ability to see stuff right up there with anybody in 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 kind of the Mavericks community. And, and the Mavs he, sign him, and we can get rid of Josh Green. Can we? <laughs> it's just it, it's a really like he really does. He really carries like. He's a big part of why Mavs Moneyball is really great. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, just the game. Yeah, You know, it really is winnable, too. It's like that going on that run, I was, like, getting my hopes up, but I didn't want to get too nervous. I was like, 
let's just see what Luca's going to go nuclear. But I knew he was running out of gas. The rebounds being out rebounded by 17. It's just absolutely pathetic that it just we just need a solid rim protector, just a rebounder. And this we could have gone all the way. Like we're running a seven man rotation. Dwight Powell's out there tonight. You know, he didn't really play that many minutes, but he only had like what two rebounds. I mean, God, I and I know Marquise Chris was out there in garbage minutes, but he hadn't played in the entire series. I know he fouls a lot, but damn it, I I was hoping for something. Just I, I did not see Looney killing us going into the series. Well, I mean, he's seven foot four wingspan. Like you could just see it on those rebounds, and sometimes offensive rebounds are bad luck where it's just like you're getting a rebound that goes out to 15 feet, where you're boxing out and it just doesn't matter because the guy can stick his big-ass hand up in the air. Yeah, but, but, I mean, we got past the Suns and the Jazz with solid rim protectors, go bear, like the best in the league. I mean, Aiden, I just I, – I So, my theory on this is very stupid, but I, I it's still my theory. Luca and Brunson are so great at moving slow. Okay, like Luca's deceleration is one of the things that makes him an unbelievable player. Looney is so fucking slow that he matches them, and mm. all of their nonsense didn't matter. That's my take, at least. And every time they got a defensive offensive rebound, or I mean offensive rebound, I mean, I swear they made a three or, or something bad happen. It always does. But, you know, tonight, I mean, Dinwiddie did his part. I feel like he's played pretty decent this series. I mean, yeah, Spencer, no, Spencer came back to life. I was. Him. <laughs> and when we lost by 10, you think I figure out all the free throws because the Gold State Warriors, they want they made all their free throws tonight. We missed six of our free throws. That's almost a one possession game right there. Sure. Considering how bad the second quarter was. But just and the the kick to the nuts on the way out, Stan Van Gundy on TNT. Fuck him. God, he's annoying as hell. What did he say? Oh, the Warriors beat the Mavs tonight because the Warriors are a better team. Thanks for your in-depth analysis there. Well, like, the, but it, I wrote this in my recap, like that kind of became evident where if you look at the Warriors season, they had Draymond out for a significant portion of it. They're all older guys, okay? And they had they, they had things come together at the right time. When the Mavericks gave up a bad third quarter in game one, like where Clay started to get some run out layups, I was thinking to myself, this is not good because you're, you're giving them confidence that they hadn't had. And if you really look at the games, you go through box score by box score, you don't really see a dominating performance. Like, yeah, Clay scored 32 tonight. That really sucked. But there's not like this 42-point outburst where they're torching us. They beat us from pillar to post most games, and it yeah. was really frustrating. And two, two quick things real quick. I'm just sure. glad that Suns and the Jazz didn't beat us because they're annoying as fuck. I respect Steph Curry. I respect Draymond Green. I mean, I respect the Warriors in general. So, like, if that's a team going to knock us out, whatever, we're, it's only going to make us better. And can the Mavs not renew uh, Dwight Powell's gym membership on the team? Because he's just out there getting cardio. And I guess he just lifts weights, getting his arms bigger. Because that's all he's doing. He ain't getting rebounds for us. Like, I, I hope you, this Dwight Powell experiment, uh, experiment ends. Because we <laughs> we need rebounds, man. <laughs> uh, but thanks thanks for the great for season. Sure. Uh, if there's another well, group room, I'll address yeah, I'll probably do it tomorrow night. I'll do it. It's, it's you know, I'll irritate my wife, but I'll probably do it. Yeah, right I'll, I'll be on it. I'll be on it. All right. Yeah. All right. Be good, man. Talk soon. You too. All right. Um, we're just going to fly through some folks. Um, I see some names I don't recognize, so I'm going to give you guys a shot first. Hey, Nicholas, what's going on? Hi, Nicholas. You there? 
Yep. You gave you pulled me up right like I literally asked to come up like five minutes oh. ago. <laughs> well, I try I try to give new like like newer people, you know, because we get about you know 30, 40 people coming here night after night. Love those, love all y'all, but want to try to give new uh, lesser people who don't come up here as often um opportunities to speak. So what do you got? Um all I'm gonna say is I'm happy with this season. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I'm happy about is I got my fiance in the basketball in this playoffs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she is a officially joining the MFFL family. Um, That's outstanding. Love to hear that. Um, she was upset that they lost tonight, but honestly, um, I mean, outside of the obvious of us needing a center, um, I mean, there's not really much I can pull away. I mean, if we had Tim Hardaway, I feel like it would have added another uh, dimension to our, our our play. He just adds like a a uh, I guess a, a mid shooting presence that we didn't have um, outside of Luca and Brunson and Dinwiddie. But yep, it, it's it is what it is. If we're gonna lose to a team, uh, I'd rather it be Golden State than Phoenix or Utah, um, and. It's it's I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I I know this is an obvious point that people probably say that we want Miles Turner. Um, and I mean, I looked at his stats on basketball reference and I understand why. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, um, how he would actually work in the Mavs system is there like say we went and got miles turner hypothetically how would he work in our system really good basketball player really questionable injury history and i have sort of had my fill with bigs that have questionable injury histories um i do think he's kind of a potential value contract to a degree i i do think that the mat like the, the rebounding thing our, my, my man Jose brought up is really interesting um, because I think rebounds do matter in game-to-game stuff. But over the long haul, the Mavericks made it to the Western Conference Finals by getting out-rebounded by something north of 150 rebounds during the playoffs. So I'm not sure how much they matter if they got this far. Um, but this is, this is a bigger debate. We can talk about it in the offseason. But I do... I don't know. My, my early thoughts are I will be open to whatever they do is kind of where my head is. I have been very particular about players that I've wanted and not wanted over the years. And all it's really done is gotten me ratioed on Twitter. And I don't really feel like dealing with that anymore. And I, all, I also don't get a say. Um, that's the best part. Uh, not like we all, it's the best part about the off season is we talk about this stuff and then nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. I, um, I, I've been, uh, speaking on the rebounding, I've been joking with, uh, my fiance and my stepfather about, um, the Mavs playing 38 second defense, um, because it, it feels like we play a good 24 second, uh, like we played the initial shot clock really well. And we just give them an extra like courtesy, courtesy 14 second, um, uh, 14 seconds to play. Uh, it was real bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tonight was a really good example of that. Once they figured it out in like the third and fourth quarters, it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and then I mean, Dwight Powell gets a lot of hate, but honestly, he would be a good backup center, somebody to just Absolutely. come in. 
and play a good solid 10, 15 minutes. Because regardless of what people say, um, that that pick and roll that he runs with the, the ball handler, whether it's Brunson, Dinwiddie, or Doncic, is highly effective. He doesn't give the ball a, a lot, even if he's undersized on the center that's guarding him. He's he protects the ball really well. He's he's not a starting center in a championship level team. He would be a great off the off the bench center. Well, I agree with you, and I also think he's a regular season player. It's okay to cut your rotation in the playoffs. The problem was the Mavericks couldn't do it. There's nobody left to cut. If you'll notice, he didn't really have many lobs in the playoffs because smart teams have that stuff scouted out. Now, Josh Bo and I, my podcast co-host, had a really interesting discussion that I think is worth considering as we head into the offseason. And I know I said I was only going to talk for like 15 minutes, but if this doesn't get recorded, it's fine. We'll do this another night. Um, and then I'll record that one. I'll talk again. I can talk forever. Um, hey, me too. Is <laughs> it, It's Luca. One of the challenging parts is like this was, if you go look at like efficiency numbers, this was Luca's worst postseason by, you know, I know he only played six and seven games in the previous two postseasons, but he was very inefficient. And also, most number of games he played in the postseason. Absolutely. But he never really had, I guess, game seven, game seven against the Suns, the first half. But did Luca ever have that defining dominant performance that made you go, holy shit, the way he did at the first two playoff runs? And that's not no. criticism. It's, it's just a thought exercise. No, it, it felt like he left us sitting on the edge of the seat. Like he came close multiple times, but it was just like a, a cliffhanger, it felt like. Yeah. Part of it was the blowouts, like the, the fact that they were engaged in so many blowouts that there wasn't really the opportunity for Luka to go for like 20, 42, 16, and 17. But, you know, his shooting numbers, he, he really shot the ball pretty pretty poorly. Um, yeah. Still scored a lot. But the, the question sort of is, you know, heading in, into the offseason and as they continue to build around Luka is how, how does he and they increase efficiency now that they've figured out kind of the defensive formula? How do they – how do they figure out more offense is sort of where my head is. That's that's my kind of defining offseason stuff, at least for right now. I think an easy one off the top of my head is Tim Hardaway coming back from injury. Okay. Um, he creates a lot. He's an underrated, like, ISO scorer, I think. Um, and then, um, I don't know. I feel like it's just an offseason uh, development from Brunson and Dinwiddie, if we keep Brunson. Um, cause I think that's a, that's a, is this something that the Mavs are going to have to juggle? With? Well, Cuban <laughs> love Mark Cuban's willingness to just negotiate in the open where he's like, we're signing Jalen Brunson, the end after the game tonight. Like that was the thing he basically went out and did. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I guess we're right. Brunson. I guess keeping Brunson. <laughs> uh, that's my thing is uh, my fiance was saying if we keep Brunson, I want a Brunson jersey. So if we're sure. if Mark says it, I'm gonna buy a Brunson jersey. So how uh, long do you have to the big day, Nicholas? Um, I will be honest. We've been engaged th- two, three years. Uh, three years in August. Um, we just uh, we haven't really planned it. Uh, I have family that's overseas. She does as well. Mm. And then with COVID, everything is... Uh... Oh, yeah. No, completely understand. Well, I wish you luck in setting the dates. Uh, my favorite website as a before I got married was this site called um, theplunge.com that was basically like the man version of how to survive all the wedding planning nonsense. I, I, I highly recommend it. 
Yeah, we've been we've dived into it and then got stressed out and we're like, we're gonna take a break. And oh, then yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so, I'll tell you, my last year my wife and I decided to move to Texas. Probably the single scariest thing I've done in my life. Kind of like right. that. You just jump in and you're like, you know what? We're doing this damn thing. So I wish you yeah. luck, Nick. Hope you come back. All right. Thank you. You as well. And uh, these are awesome. So I listen, even though I don't ask to speak all the time. Well, I appreciate you joining us. I hope you come back up. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Stephen. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, how's it going, Kurt? It's great. Thank you. Um, so what were your predictions before the season started? Because I think no one would have guessed we we had especially mid-season when we were really struggling someone told me we were going to the western conference finals i'd be i wouldn't believe it so my uh, the fun part about running a website and then speaking way too much is i give way too many predictions but the ones that i have to paper was i predicted a 52 and what's that 52 and 30 season and had hopes for a second round playoff series that was my stated hope um if you've listened to these for a while you will remember in november in early december josh bow and i were really openly questioning the point of what this team was doing and with good reason i mean they were 16 and 18 at one point covid played a big part but the way they turned the season around there was that horrifying loss to the sacramento kings when Chimet, I think you say his name is Chimeti Mitu, uh, of the Kings hit a, a game-winning three-pointer again, and like that was probably the low point. Mavericks were 16 and 18 after that. Then they won on New Year's Eve, and then they, or I think it was New Year's Eve, and then they proceeded to win like 75 percent of the games the rest of the year. I mean, the Mavericks were crushing. Like yeah, trading Porzingis was a ballsy move in, in hindsight because they were winning with him. I mean, he wasn't playing a ton, but still. Yeah, I, I remember being just super frustrated, and my my wife was asking me like how I felt after after it was all done. I was like, I was pretty bummed at first, but I I feel good. I can't wait to see what what changes happen. I mean, they just looked so wiped out this game, this last game, and some of the series. I mean, every game it, it just seemed like all these series were complete grinds for the Mavericks. For uh, sure. Uh, I don't know. We we need more from the end of the bench, like the. Well, you need Golden players. You, you, the 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 yeah. dirty secret. It is not a secret. We just kind of stopped talking about it. The Mavericks have six guys that maybe shouldn't be on any NBA roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean Dwight Powell was basically in there to do the tip, and then they, he wasn't in the rest of the game. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough when, when that's the, when that's your starting center, but. Um, yeah, th I appreciate it. I, I, I listen to all these too, uh, usually the day after, but um, I don't know. I appreciate it. Sure thing, man. Appreciate you joining. Huh? All right. I just made myself another drink, so even if this doesn't record, life goes on. Uh, Jared, welcome back. It's been a while since I've seen you in here. Sir, he's, he's, uh, these late games of the East Coast are kind of rough to make in here, so. They are brutal. Could you uh, come a little closer to the mic? Cause you're barely picking up. Yeah, yeah. Is this better? Outstanding. All right. Cool. Can you guys hear me drinking? Sorry about that. I was stirring my drink. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. I, I got me a beer right here too. I get it. Um, uh, maybe, maybe that's the show. Show during the summer happy hour. 
Mavs yeah, happy. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, everybody else pretty much said they appreciate you doing all these, and uh, I do too. You're um, all your podcasts. You're in the Locked On guys in the morning on my way to work. I got like an hour, ten minute commute, so Whew. definitely helps. Uh, yeah, definitely helps get me through. I'm the dark to their light. They're so damn. Happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a it's a nice balance though. Oh, I love those guys. They're great. Um, but you know, I I don't want to stay on here too long, but I did kind of make a list of like my favorite moments of the season, just because I'm trying to like be a little bit more optimistic. I mean, I know it kind of hurts right now getting eliminated. Um, but just just like a couple, uh, a few of the things I I had noted down. Um, Luca's game winner versus Boston. That was kind of dope. I, I tried to do these in chronological order, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, that Luca game versus the uh, 76ers where he dunked on Drummond. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dorian's game winner versus Sacramento. That was pretty sweet. Um, KP trade, obviously, everybody was shitting on that at the beginning. I was one of the only people that was like, can we, like, can we at least see what's going on? And, like, I remember you're in Josh's uh, podcast – Y'all were like, look, I'm just happy to have new people to be mad at. And that was kind of how I was. Like, <laughs> can I can I read this to you? Because this is one of the pettiest things I've seen all year. So there's yeah, a yeah. Twitter account called Mavs Muse. And it, it says, what an incredible season for the 2021-22 Dallas Mavericks. Western Conference Finals berth, 52 wins. Dirk's number 41 jersey was retired. Home court advantage. Eliminated number one seed. Traded Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, looking back, like, that was – I mean, that was really a turning point of the season. I mean, Spencer, he's been up and down his playoffs, but overall, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he's here. I mean – I'm curious about him because he strikes me as a coworker that when things are going great, he's awesome. When mm-hmm. things are going dicey, he's the motherfucker you want to punt from the room. But that's just my – you know, I'm that guy for the record. I'm <laughs> – so I understand. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully, uh, yeah. You definitely don't want to mess up any chemistry or vibe stuff because obviously with that te- with this team, it's it's pretty big. So uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, finishing off the list here, got Spencer's back to back game winners versus Boston and Woo-hoo! Brooklyn. That was dumb. oh man, I was losing my mind during that time. Uh, Lucas dunk on Dwight Howard was 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 pretty sweet. Uh, how Brunson developed was very surprising to me. Um, Bullock, what, 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 what Reggie turned into was, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I think we were all ready to kick him off a cliff, but, uh, that man is just, uh, yeah, he, he, he's on another level. I think, um, Dorian's extension was, uh, was pretty sweet. You had that yep. Lucas, 30, Lucas 30 point first quarter versus the Clippers. Then he had that 50 point game. Um, we got home court advantage, Dimwitty poster, go bear. That was sick. Maxi somehow he ate threes in a game after he had been twenty percent for the last three months. <laughs> I, I had a tweet jokingly in the middle of his nasty thing where I was just like, "Yeah, so what? Maxi's shooting is going to be fixed, and we're going to go to the finals." And we got close. Yeah. We got close because we wouldn't have made it this far without Maxi turning around. And he, and his defense, like he can even keep up with Curry, but at the same time, he can like you know he he can defend like you know some of the bigs too. It's it's pretty impressive. Like we shit on him sometimes, but he he's kind of an impressive big, really. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and obviously that game seven versus Phoenix was one of the more cathartic cathartic experiences of my entire life. So, um, 
uh, g- great season, great season. I'm proud of them for real. And I do want to say congrats to Dorian and Reggie because now they can finally get some sleep and rest. Because my <laughs> Dor- Dorian's going to invest in a home cryo chamber. I, I, would, I would not blame him. Like they played. I mean, it, it seemed like they never sat. It, it was unreal. Well, thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate your time. Uh, yes, sir. You have a good night. All right. Um, now we're going to fly through, folks. Uh, just because, again, I don't know if this is recording, and it would suck if it's not recording. Hunter, welcome. What's up? Hit the mute one more time. It's out there on the main page. All right, Hunter, we'll try again in a few minutes. Maybe it's not letting you. Maybe it's not letting you talk. Sometimes that uh, that happens with this. Um, let's go to my man Raul. What's happening? Hey, Kurt. Uh, you know, it's going well. You know, like everybody here, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy the season for what it was. You know, I don't think anybody predicted us to make the West Finals. Um, but it, it was a good season. Um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, finally being able to go to games. I went to quite a few home games this season. Had a lot of great memories each time I went. And, uh, you know, even like I just watched them at the local bar. You know, got to think I was friends and make new ones. And like say we're talking about like, oh, how, like how, like <laughs> we need a new excuse to go out and drink now. But it was a good season, you know. You know, it's a little sad and gloomy, but we had a good season. So I'm just like trying to hang my hand, my uh, hat on that. Oh, sorry. Could have sworn I heard my kid talking. Anyways, well, Raul, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate your time this year, right? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, the best thing probably come out of the season is, uh, you know, finding your yeah, your podcast and your uh, Spotify Live. Hey guys, hey guys, hold on one minute. Well, I'm gonna hold it down while Kirk is back, but. Um, you know, this season, you know, talking about Brunson, he had a great season. He, you know, first season of starter, he was great. I was saying before, he was good enough to start for a lot of other teams as a point guard. You know, hopefully we don't lose him. But he, he was like, I think, second or third in six men of the year voting last year. And so, you know, he's been good. You know, if I think if he had come off the bench again this season, he probably would have won six men of the year. But, you know, we needed him out there as a starting uh, guard next to Luca. Um, uh, TFS, his fucking transformation uh, has been great. Kriba, been good. He, I was – Dwight actually paid a pretty good season. And some people had given up on him after his injury. Last year he was not that good. But I'm like, you know, he's coming off an injury. He needed time to fully heal and come back. He was really, really good regular season um, center. And, you know, just when it came down to the playoffs, he, he couldn't maintain that level of play. My man, Raul, thank you. I am sorry. My kid woke up. My wife is dead to rights to sleep. <laughs> and, he, and so I was just like having to 
having to talk to him and get him back to sleep. <laughs> so you're the man. Oh goodness. What a, you know, kind of like the Mavericks. We're just put together through, uh, uh, just through grit. So thanks for hanging out, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me, Kirk. All right. Talk soon. Um, man, just terrible podcasting on my part, but, uh, I think my wife is tired that I'm even doing this. Um, go to my guy, Drew. What's up? Kirk. <sighs> What's happening? Well, I had to come in in the last one. And uh, actually, it's kind of funny, but the season worked out probably great for my travel plan since I get on the airplane at 4 a.m. Saturday morning to go to Alaska. Woo! But, but I, yeah, I would have, although I would have loved to, uh, on the cruise ship on the, in the bar there, watch the games, and I would have been cheering on the Mavs at that point. So, but, but... Yeah, it's it's a little bit bittersweet, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in in the off season. You know, uh, I think Luca did some growing up this year, which I think is really really good. I didn't like some of the things in the first half tonight when, you know, he he's just got to quit going down. I mean, just just keep battling and you know not worry. Let the rest dictate the rest dictate his mindset. Get back on defense and. But I think those things will come with time and maturity and, and you know, and, and when he understands that, you know, I, I saw a lot of that same stuff in LeBron early in his career, you know, when he was getting fouled a lot, they weren't calling it and, you know, he, he would get frustrated and everything like that. So I, but I think uh, Luca will, will, will mature and he'll get better. And now it's up to, to, to Nico, you know, and, and Cuban to kind of get this roster around him. Yeah. Well, you know, a real offseason for Nico. So Cuban said this on when he came on our podcast, which talk about a weird experience. Um, he said that this team like was built for Rick uh, and that, the, you know, nobody wants to openly say this, but everything for on like that's done on the first day of free agency is done well in advance. So, yeah, I know oh, that's true. They, the conversation has gone before that. But I really think that the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract dug them in the hole. I was not a big fan of that signing. Uh, he's not that great defensively, and he's a streaky guy. When he's on, he's hitting. He's good. I mean, he's kind of similar to Bertans, different kind of a little bit of style. But if he's hitting threes, he's great to have out there. If he's not, then you floor. And I just think that's a little bit too much. And I, I hate to see him get hurt. But he's not. But now they're kind of stuck with that contract. Yeah, well, we'll talk about this sort of element of things probably in the coming days and weeks because if you look at the calendar, we basically have six weeks until free agency. Um, draft is on the 23rd of June. Then the moratorium ends on July 6th, which is a Wednesday. The only reason I know that is because Summer League starts on July 7th, a Thursday. So, Is the, is the free agency July 1st? Is that still – uh, working is that the way that works or no? So, um, yes, should be. I think I don't know. There's a lot I okay. don't know at the moment. All right, and thanks for all you do, Kirk. This was uh, I, I really enjoyed coming on here and, and you guys doing this and everything like that. It was a lot of fun, and I thank you for that. Sure thing, Drew. We'll talk soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I got to find a healthy balance um, between me doing stuff and me living real life. Um, but uh, maybe balance is for the nerds. Who knows? All right, coming up next, let's go to my guy, Iwan, who's also on the East Coast. What's happening? Get some, uh, get your takes in and then get to sleep. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, man? How we doing? Good, good, good. You know, 
uh, good season. I was a little bit like for the first five minutes after that loss, you know, it hurt. But I was like, ah, okay, you know, we we did our thing, you know. And um, like I said, um, a lot of ups and downs this year. You know, second best team after you know, like pretty much January. So that was that was good to see us, you know, hit our stride and do our thing. And, you know, we had a lot of players with a lot of ups and downs this year. Dwight up and down, Maxi up and down. Um it was it was a good year. It was a good season. It was a good season. I'm 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 proud of what we accomplished. You know, I wanted more to be greedy, but still, you know, still happy with, with how it worked out. Well the real challenge is somehow balancing the fact that this was wonderful with expectations for, for what's next. Um, because success is not a linear path. Like, right. let's be honest. Yeah, we, we, we watched the, the older Mavericks struggle time and time again. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, who's the, that reporter name is Kelly. What's whatever the reporter is a post game. She asks very good questions. I might add. I Kelly, Kelly yeah. Kaplan. She's legit. Yeah. Yeah, she's asked, she asks great questions, and I'm like, wow. Part of that, that I'm gonna actually miss that too, because she asks very question, good, good questions to get, you know, deep in, you know, into these um athletes, you know, minds and what they're really thinking. But um, yeah, back to what Drew said, you know, thank you for having this platform. I don't know how it's gonna work with you in the off season and how, you know, often you're gonna be doing this, but. I'm I'm be looking for your notification whenever it pops up. You know what I'm saying to see. Well, it's funny. It's funny you ask that. I would appreciate if all anybody who regularly listens sends me kind of what they would like because if you guys want me to do like a regular show at the same time a couple times a week, I could probably do that. I, I it's mainly kind of what people want, and I can work around it. I mean, this is sort of how we've grown as a site is really giving you know it's it's feedback comes through what people download and what people click on. And so if you guys want like, I don't know, a Tuesday, Friday show, something like that, I can figure, I could probably do that. So, so send me DMs, send me tweets, send me emails. I, you know, I, I, I like that sort of stuff. Yes, sir. Whatever you decide, um, you trust me, we'll be here joining the party. So, you know, just keep up the good work. It was a blast on East coast speaking to you every time I could. So, well, you get some rest and I appreciate your time this year. Yes, man. Thank you. Okay. Um, Doe says carrier pigeon scent. Doe, I'll invite you up here in a little while. Hunter, let's try this again. How are we doing? If you're in the chat, come back out to the main page and hit the unmute button. If it's not showing you up on stage, send something up in the chat, and then I will try it again. Okay. He declined. I'm going to go to my guy, um, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. What's up? Uh, Kurt, cheers to you. Cheers to the Mavs. Great season by both of you. So congrats to you on a fantastic season. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Of course. And, um, you know, the thing that stood out to me most this game, Luca and Brunson, 13 of 38 from the floor. Everybody else, non-Trey Burke, Aram, um, was 22 of 40. So that that's kind of the game there. Sure. I mean, it was I, – I, I caught myself when, – when you're having a Clay Thompson night and then when Draymond Green hits a corner three and then when Moses Moody hits a fallaway 17-footer, I was just like, okay, it's, 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 this isn't happening. It's kind of like what happened to the Suns in game seven. It's like this, is, this isn't going to be your night. 
Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, shout out to Frank, 40% shooting tonight from three. Good for him. <laughs> the fact that he took five threes had me in my feelings <laughs> in the game, though. I was real mad. Um, you know, that Luca first half, I mean, it very possibly was the worst half of basketball he's ever played, which is, you know, unfortunate timing, but it was bound to happen at some point with how many minutes these guys are playing. So, you know, we made it to the Western Conference Finals. There, there's uh, not much negative to be said. I right. do think it is funny that uh, somehow we, we went 9-9 nine and nine in the postseason. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I may have to go look at all the recaps I did because I feel like I wrote every fucking loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, if we were going to lose, I was kind of hoping we would get uh, – just for like content sake, because if we would have lost in game four, we'd have finished under 500 in the postseason and made it to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yep. But, um, you know, roster wise, who knows what they're going to do? I just think that uh, they can't run this exact team back next year. There's going to have to be some move that's made. And with Luca, hopefully, all things considered, what happened to him this postseason. If he comes into camp next year and shape the way that he should, you know, we're going to have a chance to make some noise again, even in a tougher West. Well, you know, the paper matchups are brutal looking at it this far out. But the thing that I've learned is that nothing ever happens the way that you expect it to, which is why the, the expectations for all of us is something I am going to personally attempt to talk about frequently. Because we're at the part in the journey where things can go off the rails really fucking quickly. You know, look at 76ers fans. The most unhappy group of people in the big picture sense. Because they have great players and they just, they can't even escape the second round. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves last went to the Western Conference Finals before uh, uh, earlier, uh, sooner than the, the, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Expectations are the thief of joy. Okay. And it's really, it's something that, that I'm going to be thinking about and I'm not, I'm going to do my best to not get luxury because everybody should fan how they want to fan. But I noticed this year, a creeping toxicity into all sorts of things Mavericks related. And I am concerned about that going forward because if you don't enjoy this, then you're certainly not going to enjoy what comes next because it, it only gets harder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of what killed all the early dark teams after they made a couple of early runs. And then, you know, that's why 2011 was so cathartic. Nobody cared about the Mavericks in 29 and 2010. And they were incredible, but nobody watched relative to what what we saw in 2011 and onward. Yeah, Dark had his best playoff series ever against Denver. And what was it, 2009? And it was just Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, they lost in five. What happened? I mean, what yeah. happened? And, and Charles Barkley talked about how Dirk was like, like that's why I was so surprised that Barkley was at Dirk's like retirement things. I still remember Barkley on TNT in 09, ripping into Dirk when he was going through all that personal problems with the lady who had scammed him. And it's like, he's putting up the best numbers of his career. And he just doesn't like, he has Josh, he has Josh Howard. Neat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking for myself, the only expectation I have for next year is, Lucas should not come in looking like the starting left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, we'll probably be in decent shape if your best player. But what if not. he does? My well, theory is that he screwed. learned nothing and he's going to come in at three bills and we're all just going to have to be like, well, worked last year. 
If he didn't learn anything this year in this postseason when he was ruthlessly attacked, he's not ever going to learn. So nah, he, happens, his post game stuff, his post game stuff is, um, his post game stuff is is already where he's just like, yeah, I, you know, I got to get better. So I, I believe in Luca, and that's enough for me. Well, one more thing, just because it's right here on my phone, uh, I got a notification from Bleacher Report saying quote, kid presser, quote, goes viral, and I don't know what quote it is that went viral. I don't know either. So, if anybody in the chat wants to help your boy out with that, send it in there. But that's all I got. Cheers to you, Kirk. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, dude. All right. Um, coming up next, let's go to one of Mavs Moneyball's wonderful staff writers, who I can't believe he's actually up this late, is Ben. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. Uh, thanks for having me up. Uh, I just got two things. Uh, yeah, I'm up. It's the last game of the season. You know, I got to sit here and kind of commiserate and watch some of these highlights. Uh, but I guess I'm feeling nostalgic about, um, I guess Maxi and Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith. I actually just turned in something to you about it. Um, just, you know, they, they have overachieved. I've wanted all three of them traded at some point in the last three to four years because I got sick of watching them. But now that, you know, this kind of this run is over and they got farther than I thought they would, I think they got farther than most of us thought they would. Um, feeling kind of nostalgic about them. And uh, I guess my other thing would be uh, la- last time the Mavericks were this good, they had this like decade long sustained run where they were making deep playoff runs most years. Uh, we didn't have all of this uh, community that we have online. And I just think it's cool uh, that, you know, we've got these green rooms or whatever this is called, no, Spotify Lives. Um, we've got Twitter. Uh, so it's cool to be able to uh, write for Mavs fans, to hang out with these Mavs fans because, um, you know, the last run that we had of this, you know, you were talking to like 10 or 15 of your friends maybe. Um, and now, you know, it's just your circle of Mavs friends has way expanded. And I think that's cool. Oh, hey, I was on mute. Well, part of part of one of the, the things that I have strived to do is lean in on the community element because I watched a lot of basketball by myself for a long fucking time. And it, you know, nobody, it, it's so weird. Like I get all these Facebook status, uh, hey, like 2011, where it's like, Jason Terry was great. Screw JJ Barea. It's like I was doing this on Facebook to no one. Um, and it's so, it, it's like, it, I, I get kind of like melancholy thinking about 2011 because I didn't experience with anybody other than my wife and my dog. Like when they won, I took my dog for a walk. Yeah, There's same. nobody to high five, you know, there's nobody yeah. to talk to. And like the community element of this is key for me. And you know, I'm, I'm actually talking about this in a group chat. Like I occasionally lose my mind on social media. You guys see me. I am just a guy online. I have a blue check mark because somebody made me get a blue check mark. I didn't apply for one. I'm not a real reporter. I don't go to post-game zooms. I don't cosplay as media. I'm a fan with a with a big platform and I want to share that with as many people as possible. If you want to do Dallas Mavericks based work, I have the site for you. We have so much fun with the one exception of our one particular uh, our favorite staffer bitching about the refs uh, at Mavs Moneyball. It's great. Like, like all of this should be fun. If you're not having fun, go do something else. Life is too short. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a blast because like, I'm like you. I was out, you know, first, I don't know, four or five years of the Mavs early 2000s runs. I was living out in the country by myself. And so 
Um, and my parents weren't really into basketball. So I was, you know, I was sitting there watching basketball by myself mostly. Um, finally moved up to DFW and was able to watch with some friends and uh, some family that I had up here that liked it. But like I said, it's just really cool to be able to do stuff like this and uh, talk to Mavs fans that are beyond just your immediate social circle. And again, um, I don't know, like I said, this is this was a cool year, uh, really up and down, uh, so I'm feeling nostalgic. Um, what, do, what do you think, uh, Pal, Maxi, Finney Smith, do uh, you think all three are back next year, two out of three? Any any predictions there really early? Well, now the vodka's kicking in, and my first prediction is a mental image of Mr. T glaring into the camera and saying, my prediction, pain. But that's just because I'm a grump. Um. I think Maxie's back. I think they find a, a nice shelter home for Dwight Powell. Yeah. Um, maybe where I'm wrong, though, because that dude is is very close to top 10 all-time Mavs games played. He has like 540 games in a Mavs uniform. It he's is currently crazy. the one. Yeah. He's 11th all-time and is about like 50 games, I think, from 10th, which is yeah. wild because I, when he initially came to Dallas in the Rondo trade, I thought he'd be gone within a year or two. Just as like some salary filler for another trade. So crazy, crazy turnaround for Dwight Powell. As much as I've wanted him sent into the sun, I respect his run here so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, well, that's all I got. I'll let other people get up here. Thanks, Ben. Talk soon. Man, I'm going to be sad if this one doesn't record. This is a good show. Sam, my guy, you've been waiting forever. What? Oh, no, nothing much. Uh, uh, I'll be quick because, yeah, you know. Sucks to lose, but you can't be mad about what they did this year. It was, um, you know, exceeded my expectations. Hell, I just wanted them to get out the first round. And, uh, you know, now they got to the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, you know, if you don't take anything from this year, hey, we killed the Suns in game seven. And that will stay in my mind forever. So I'll definitely I'll definitely take that. Um, just three things real quick. One, I just don't want us to be like the Atlanta Hawks where you get to the final conference finals and then next year we just bottom out and then we make a play in. I don't want that to happen. Uh, two, I don't want us to have a 2019 offseason where we have all the flexibility in the world and just don't do nothing with it. So I don't want that. <laughs> and three, I think um, this the, the same thing happened, I think, with Joel Embiid whenever they hired Doc Rivers. And, you know, no matter what you say about Doc Rivers, he's still a good coach. Like, he was always, you know, hey, he had the potential, he had the potential, and then he just put it together, and quite frankly, he would have been back-to-back MVPs if he never got hurt. So I think with Luca and with Jason Kidd this year, I think he's earned his respect. If, if he hasn't had it before, he has it now. So I feel like next year he's going to come in to camp in shape, and I think he's going to win MVP next year. I just feel like, personally, just, to, you know, with a term, he, know, he knows what it's like now. You got to the conference finals. It just said that the team just wasn't as good as the Warriors, and, you know, can't be mad about that. So I hope he comes motivated, and if we can make the right moves, you know, I don't know if we're going to get back to the conference finals because the West is obviously going to be tougher next year. But I think he's going to win MVP. That's just the way I feel about it. So uh, those those are my thoughts. Sam, you're the best. Appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate you, man. You do this shit all the way. Do whatever you do, whatever you want. I'll, I'll listen. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good, uh, good Memorial Day weekend. Hey, you too. All right. So next, Ty. Welcome, Ty. How are you? 
hit that unmute button one more time. <clears throat> Get Ty a second. Because sometimes with the first time up, it doesn't actually let you unmute. There we go. Is it going to let you talk? Hello? Can you hear me? Hey, there we go. What's up? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm uh, a little sauced. I'm, if, if I'm yeah, uh... I, can, I can dig it. I can dig it. So first things first. Uh, I come from the warrior side of things, but I do come in peace, right? Welcome. Yeah, I I, I have a I have a sick thing that I do that I, I like to go to to losing teams like pods generally and just kind of listen, just because you guys like you can always learn more from a loss than a win. Um, Absolutely. But but I I I think you guys are really really interesting. I think I think the the style that you guys want to play is really interesting. I think Luca, obviously you guys got a top, you know, how, whatever you want to put him in five, 10, whatever player on your hands. And he's 23. So uh, you guys got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of run ahead, but I do, uh, I have a question. So one of the things that tends to happen to teams when that play the Warriors because of the, 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 the way Steve Kerr schemes his defense is they end up trying to like, they end up in a shootout. And you don't really realize it till it's already over that like trying to outshoot the the Splash Brothers is probably not the best move. But you guys really, really overloaded into the threes. And you guys got a lot of shooters there. And, you know, over the course of the series, you shot like 37%, something like that, um, just on massive volume. So I guess my question is, do you think this particular style where it's feast or famine with the threes, is that the 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 style that you're playing when Luca's raising the Larry. Oh man, I don't know because Jason Kidd plays this incredible game with the media where he gives these quotes like, I don't know why we shoot so many threes. We need to go to the basket more. We need to do this. And I'm just like, man, you're the fucking basketball coach. <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> he does this really cool thing where he's like, I'm innocent bystander, Jason Kidd. Um, so I don't know. I don't think they trust the fact that, that they, you, you know, one of the fun things about the Warriors and how they play is they trust multiple people to dribble the basketball. Dallas does not. Um, anytime Reggie Bullock put the ball on the floor, for example, that's a win. That's not to say he's bad or anything. Reggie's incredible. Probably mm -hmm. one of the key reasons why the Mavericks made it this far, but they sure. have Jalen Brunson uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic who can dribble. And one of the things that drove me nuts as the year went on is depending on which one was in the game, they kind of did a lot of like early Miami Heat stuff where it's like my turn, your turn. And there was yeah. not, there's not a lot of like action with two ball handlers, pick and roll. Like what makes Draymond obviously so hard to guard is because he gets in that short roll and he kind of makes the right pass. Mavericks right. never do stuff like that. And I don't know if it's a want to thing. I think that's part of it because it's hard to convince a 23-year-old to give up the ball and cut to the basket. But in game four, he had like cuts to the basket. I wrote a, I had one of our guys at Mavs Moneyball write an entire post on Luca cutting. Like that's how rare right. it is. So they, they've got to figure out elements of this because Luca dribbling is functional. But the thing that we ran into this series and Andrew Wiggins, um, did a really good job of funneling into Looney over and over and over. And it just, right. the Mavericks did get good shots, but obviously not good enough. 
So, and that's, I think, I think some of the Andrew Wiggins stuff is a little overblown. Like once again, I love Wiggs. Once again, I'm coming from the Warriors side here. Um, but I think like, and, and you'll hear Steve Kerr, like say this, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it in whether it's the, the TNT broadcast or, or his post-game interviews where he's like, all right, well, I mean, you guys are going to make 33s. You'll be the first to do it, you know? And even mm-hmm. in game two, for example, when you guys hit 15, it's, it's just one of those things where it's, that's really tough to do. Sure. Especially to do it four times. And I think the 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 thing is, like, you, when you're talking about uh, Luca getting off the ball, yes, you need you you, you need Luke, uh, the, the obvious, like, critique is of Luca and maybe him getting in shape or whatever, whatever. That's whatever. That's all fine and good. Uh, but you do, like you said, you need those tertiary passers, those playmakers, those connectors. And I think you have it. It's it's just they're unfortunately like it's a, a like if Maxi Kleba and in in uh, Dwight Powell were the same like were what like did like a Dragon Ball Z style like fusion move like you guys would be like set because like you if Maxi's just not quite as fleet of foot to to be a, a particularly dangerous role man but I mean I've seen it in when you guys are on fire uh you know, when the ball can can ping around a little bit. A lot of that is Maxi's on the court, not just for the spacing, but you know, he can kind of make those those it's it's a simple play and but when it's happening quickly, the ball travels faster than the defense can. Um yeah. so I think going after those Brunson, I didn't I didn't expect for Brunson, frankly, to be as big a factor as he was. He was great this series, obviously game pretty five, bad but, in game six and seven. Yeah. I don't want to kill the guy, but pretty bad. Well, I mean, just in this series yes. particularly. Like, yeah, I, I, and him being, like, pretty poor in, in, like you said, game six and seven is why I didn't think he was going to be great. Like, I thought the Suns were paper tigers all year, and, you know, the, I thought the Warriors had a better defense. But he was great. I think it's one of those scenarios, honestly, I felt this way about you guys with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. last year, where it's like, man, he's, he's doing really, really well. I don't know that I connect it to how well the Mavs are doing right now. How do you feel about that? Is, does that? Am I tripping here? No. I mean, the Mavericks have a lot of questions to answer. And the, the, the dirty little secret that's very challenging to discuss because people get mad about this is that what the Warriors have done over the last eight years is a complete aberration in how – It's only been done twice, my, ever. Yeah, three times. But but it's it's a lot of the same guys. So you got your 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 classic trio of Draymond, Steph, and Dre. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Clay. And the likelihood of for and and then really like like um, Louis, for being quite honest, the the likelihood right now, the guys that are on the Mavericks, that if they are on the Mavericks when the Mavericks win or get to this level again, there are very few guys on the roster I think that are going to be here because. Most of the mm. roster is 30 or older. And yes, you do need vets. That's not what I mean. But the Mavericks may be in a quiet need of a reshuffling of guys because mm-hmm. they don't really have a clear path to getting better. Their books yeah. are a mess. Like a mess. Yeah. And yeah. Wants to, it's driven me crazy because I had one, you know, we, we have a guy that writes purely on collective bargaining agreement on our site. And he has to remind people where it's like the Warriors are able to spend a billion dollars because they drafted well, because you are allowed in the CBA to pay your people. Like there is a hard right. cap. It does exist, but it's kind of, it's like actually kind of hard to get to. 
And yeah, it's almost it's functionally not existent. Right. 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 And so like what the Warriors did to get Andrew Wiggins and his bajillion dollar contract was accept another really shitty contract in uh what's his name up there in um Minnesota and D'Angelo they, Russell. They, Russell, yes, uh uh D'Angelo Russell, and they held and held and held. And then they finally got a deal, which at the time people were like, whoa, but it it's turned out to be an incredible deal because this guy's role is that of like the fourth best guy on the floor, not <laughs> right. a superstar. But it's in and, and so the math like mass fans don't understand because we have been really like Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson aside, we have been historically very challenged at the draft. And so mm. like they can't play pay people because free agency like teams that build through free agency, it's hard to do is the point. So it's like, I'm not sure where the Mavericks go from here. I think that like the likeliest option just kind of in the short term is that they roll out this very similar team and they try to see where <laughs> they go. And, you know, they play kind of do a buy the Gobert smoke. No, because Gobert has hands made out of stone. And I also think that if you go get Rudy, <laughs> I think if you go get Rudy Gobert, that's your move. That's your one and only move because then you're mm-hmm. stuck with a $40 million Rudy Gobert and a $43 million Luka Doncic, and there's nothing else you can do. So I have a theory, right, that the the power in the league, a lot of it right now in the short term, at least until the next CBA, is basically going to be determined by a couple of things, uh, basically a couple of salary slots that are left over from that cap spike. So – one of the things that allowed and like the Warriors to get Andrew Wiggins was the fact that they had Kevin Durant, right? So, and they had, remember they got Kevin Durant because, you know, Steph had the ankle stuff and then there was a cap spike and then all of a sudden everybody had a max slot. Shout so the Warriors cap have spikes like, and Harrison Barnes. Right. So <laughs> there are a couple of like places where the cap spikes allowed for certain deals. Like uh, Oklahoma City was like indirectly uh, associated with it where they have like all of the picks in the world now and yep. you know some teams did well and some teams did like badly but I, I my point is I don't think you necessarily need to have a flawless team to win a championship over the next you know however long and I think if you're trotting out more or less the same thing you have a guy that matters and a style that works I think if you can get you know not Rudy Gobert, but something to where it's like you have the vertical spacing option too now. Yeah. I think that that, cause that helps, you know, Brunson was doing a lot of like trying to cook Draymond Green, one of the greatest defenders ever one-on-one cause you just don't have a real pick and roll partner. So I think that's the first step to me, how you get there. I have no idea, <laughs> but uh, I've been talking a lot, so I'll let you go, but it, it was a good time, man. Thank you for this. Yep, glad you joined. Okay, we're going to keep going here. Um, Gordon, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Um, I just really quickly wanted to toss out a couple of trade ideas. Um, I I think that I, I, really, I really feel like that the Mavs are positioned to maybe do some interesting things in the offseason. Um, but I, I guess a lot of it is going to hinge on uh, my understanding of of you know whether or not we are actually going to be able to trade like some future firsts. Um, 
So if we remove the protection on the 2023 pick that's with the Knicks right now, like that frees up the 25, 27, and 29, like first rounders, right? Like we can trade those. Yep. Is, that, yep. is that right? But Yeah. So, right. so, okay. So at a minimum, I think that, you know, obviously what we need to do is we need to get a five. We need to bring a five in here, somebody who can get boards and not get bullied around like we saw tonight and all series long, right? Like we just, we have to go and do that. Um, I think, you know, and then I think, you know, secondarily, we need to get another wing, you know, in that can spell, you know, Bullock and Finney Smith. That way they're not having to play, you know, 44, 45 minutes a night. Um, I think at a minimum, you could, you know, package a first rounder or two and send, you know, a THJ or send a Spencer Dinwiddie or a Bertans or somebody like that to a team that's not planning on competing in the next two or three years. And get and bring in a five that can do that for you, um, and maybe more interestingly, I think also you could possibly do something like, you know, we're the only team that can give Jalen Brunson that fifth year, so we could give we could give Brunson, you know, five, you know, five years, one ten, five years, one twenty, like whatever it's going to take. Send him to the Pacers, bring in Miles Turner. Um, he's not going to give you, you know, a ton of rebounding, but it's definitely an improvement at the five. And there's a lot of paint protection, you know, there, and he's not the type of five that, you know, that the star players in this league are like trying to get switched on, you know, like they are a lot of the stone footed centers in the league. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you're going to have to replace Jalen Brunson scoring. I would love to see Zach Levine in a Mavericks uniform. Um, so, and it all, you know, obviously that hinges on Levine not wanting to be a bull anymore and wanting to come and play with the Mavericks. Specifically. Like, it has to be extremely specific because – Absolutely. You, you don't get to, like, make that pitch. That has to be a thing that's it, – it, um, um, CBA Mavs has talked about this. Like, there's a lot of moves that trigger the what's called the apron for the salary cap, and it's bad. <laughs> so, so the Mavericks have a, a, a tough road to hoe. Yes. So, okay. So what if it looks like this? Like you make the Brunson trade for Miles Turner. Like we immediately improve at the five and we have somebody who's not getting bullied around by Looney, like, you know, tonight. And then you maybe make like a three team, you bring a third team in. Cause I'm assuming that the bulls are not interested, you know, in, in, you know, in picks. And well, so their bulls are kind of fucked. There's the quiet situation and all this. They, they gave up a ton of capital to get, um, Who's the who's the big white guy um, out of Orlando? What's wrong with me? Vucevic. Vucevic. Right? They gave up a ton to get Vuce, and they don't really have. And and because Levine is a true free agent, they don't really have a lot of leverage here. It's weird. Yeah, for sure. Well, but so they can give, but they can give Levine like his fifth year, right? Which I mean, obviously, I so. a lot of yeah. a lot of players covet, right? Like you know, they want that fifth year, even if it comes in the form of an option. So. Maybe it looks like this, you know, I, I don't think, I think the bulls are probably going to be pretty stubborn and, you know, they're not just going to say, they're not going to go from, Hey, we're going for it. Oh, you know, all, you know, all out. They're going to tell themselves, Hey, you know, um, uh, what's Lonzo ball. You know, he was injured. Uh, what's uh bald Eagle. What's, 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 what's his name? You know, he was injured. You know, we like, let's, let's, let's run it back. Like let's run it back without Zach Levine. If you can take advantage you know, of them, you know, thinking that they can still compete. And, you know, and, and if they don't, and then and if they are wanting to blow it up, even better, because then then they're interested in picks. But if they're not interested in picks, then I think maybe it can kind of look like this. It's you bring a third team in, you send the Bulls like, you know, THJ, Josh Green, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
um, and a first rounder, and then you ship another first rounder or two, maybe a second also in there to the, to a third team um, that's willing to, you know, that's kind of that not looking to compete or not, not maybe not that they're not looking to compete, but know that they're not going to be competing in the next couple of years. And then they send a key piece or a nice little piece, you know, to the Bulls. So the Bulls end up with, you know, a first rounder, Dinwiddie, THJ, a piece from some third team, um, you know, send Levine here. So basically, like, we've lost Brunson, probably three first rounders, maybe another second or two, um, and we've brought in Miles Turner and um, and Zach Levine. That looks like a pretty damn good team if you're, if you're asking me. So, you know, the, the scene in Always Sunny where the guy's, you know, waving his hands around and pointing at the whiteboard. I just posted the GIF. <laughs> there's a lot going there's a lot going on there and what you and but but not to, not to tease you but just to, you just sort of illustrated the difficulty of proof of concept and what we're talking about here so but so. for sure for sure i guess it's just like it it, it stings like you know uh, if you had said hey the Mavs at the beginning of the season or whenever we were 16 and 18 hey this team's gonna be in the conference finals and they're gonna get beaten five and it's gonna sting like right. hell no you're I right i would say no it's gonna feel incredible but i do think that we're closer then maybe a lot of people that are down in the dumps right now might think. I do think that if at a minimum you can offload a THJ or a Davis Bertans or Spencer Dinwiddie and like a first or two and bring in, you know, a Miles Turner type, then I don't, think this is But you don't have the – so here's the challenge here, Gordon, is that you don't have the first to do it because the 2023 pick is owed to the Knicks. And if you offload future picks – what you're essentially doing is saying, this is the final move we make as the Dallas Mavericks. The final move being within the five-year contract, and really it's a four-year contract. People have to realize this. Lucas signed a four-year or a five-year extension with a fifth-year player option for a you know $207 million. Yep. You are committing, that's your that's your commitment. And that frightens me because I if you you shoot all your you know your bullets in one chamber and then you're you're done you, there's nothing left to do that's and that's why I, I just i sort of think they 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 that's why i think they they improve around the margins and then you know i hate to i hate to you know my my man mike fisher and his planned powder of days gone by but i sort of wonder if they try to like hold for cap space in 2023 24 yeah, I mean, maybe it's just like we have to get better at the five. Like, I mean, that that has that at a minimum that has to happen. And yeah. whether and we have to get better, we have to add another wing or and maybe maybe I mean, this is I know this is probably might might seem laughable, but maybe Nilakina could be that wing. Maybe it's hey Nilakina, like your your ball handling days are are through, but you're long. <laughs> you've got you've got some length, like you. You know, you play good defense. Like, you're, what, what did he shoot? 35, 36 from three this year. Like, if you focus on the three in the offseason, you know, and can get it up to 40 catch and shoot, like, there's there's your other wing. What you've laid out for us is a complicated, scary path that I'm not willing to engage in at the moment. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate your time, Gordon. I hope you come back, all right? Yeah. Thank, hey, all thanks right. a lot for what you do, Kirk, for real. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Um, who was saying Kirk Lucas contract is still four more years. Yes. But what I mean is that if you, so you have the 2023 pick and if you give up a 2025 and a 2027, that essentially like picks are what make, are, are what make trades happen. Um, it, it's just, that's the, that's the nature of things. That's why I'm saying this. So if you give up 
2025 and a 2027 and Luca's four-year extension kicks in where it's it essentially ends in 2026 the Mavericks are giving up so many trade bullets early that they can't do anything after that um the I don't know it's a complicated scenario and I have been worried because in 2020 when the Mavericks so thoroughly shit the draft they there's like a there's like that domino meme uh, I, I just, I, I hate the notion that like by failing to add any meaningful player in 2020, that they doom themselves down the line, but it's just, you cannot build a team through undrafted free agents and, or I'm sorry, un, undrafted rookies and free agency. It's not the way it works. Like good teams are built through the draft. Anyways, um, we're getting away from the thread, but that's okay. Um, we're going to go to my man, uh, Logan here. How you doing, Logan? What do you got? How's it going, Kirk? <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, hey, did you see the, uh, like, Mark Cuban, Mark Stein little interview there on Bally Sports? I know the gist of it. I mean, didn't he basically say that, like, Jalen Brunson is going to remain a man? Yeah, I thought the more, yeah, I mean, that was the way he talked about that was very confident, so that was nice to hear. But he also kind of talked about the, it was actually, like, one of the few times there's, like, five minutes of Mark Cuban where not anything is said where you're like, wait a second, whoa. Like there was no like me holding my ears because he was talking about the kind of J kid team idea. And it just really sounds like regardless of the level of center you can find, it's just about getting some athletes, some paint presence, some upside, like whatever in the room that you can try to win on the margins. Cause I think, I mean, I'm definitely, I, I don't really think we need to do anything that crazy this off season. I mean, I don't even, I don't think we can anyways, but I still don't think people need to get that pessimistic about the idea of like moves on the margins because sometimes those guys pop. And the problem is we just, we haven't, we haven't done well. But the sheer remarkable, so Dorian coming through is a real big win and they, and the Mavericks always point to that where it's like, see, look, but Dorian took like 400 three pointers before (laughs) he was a 30% three point shooter. Like Dorian's path was Luca getting him great shots. That was the path. The, the Mavericks just don't have the bites at the apple because they so thoroughly dropped the ball in the 2020 draft that it's it's remarkable. It, it, I hate to keep coming back to that. And then like the 2019 free agency, it's just it's very difficult. It's very difficult no. to see where they improve. But at the same time, I have to be candid and note that my pessimism has been overwrought or has been overrun by the fact that the Mavericks keep winning. So maybe they know what I'm doing. They know what they're doing and I'm just wrong. Well, I mean, I think that we're right, but that stars give you a lot of leeway because the bucks, it was quite a process. And at one point Malcolm Brogdon left for nothing and they had Middleton and Eric Bledsoe and Eric Bledsoe was starting to look washed. Like, and everyone was correct about the fact that he was, and they haven't really drafted well post Giannis. Like, in general, I think as long as you can make the moves correctly before Luka gets pissed or his contract is up, I mean, maybe I'm just more patient than most people, but you just don't really have a choice. Like, this is just the how it goes. But my initial point was just that I do think, I mean, Kid had a lot of, like, rangy, long players in Milwaukee, and I know he's changed a lot as a coach, but I still think his system – when Cuban talks about getting the J Kid roster, I think a lot more athleticism around Luca and like length. It's kind of 
where they would want to go, even if they don't find some perfect five that everybody has in their brain. I think, like, I'm okay with the lineup where Reggie Bullock's the smallest person, and you have Luca and Dorian and, like, athletes, which obviously Brunson's going to be a big part of the future. I'm just saying, like, the idea that it's mostly wings out there because you just can't win without – like, our defense was good, and it's still, like, right at the borderline of, like, not good enough to win a title. You know what I mean? Like, our defense was, like, legitimately good and gave Phoenix fits, and it's, like, still – it still has too many holes. So, I guess I'm just kind of encouraged by, like, you can find those guys not that hard and for not that much value. It's just, is our front office actually going to do it as opposed to what you're saying, which it has not. I am willing to give this front office as much latitude as possible because what has become crystal clear to me over the last 18 months is that people didn't like Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson was a psychopath. (laughs) Um, I would mainly use the term. I'm going to be kind and I'm going to say that he was distracted and that the Mavericks were not his first thing. Uh, That much is very clear. Donnie Nelson's. Yeah. Donnie Nelson was way more invested in other businesses than he was in the Mavericks. And um, yeah. So that that really hurt them. Yeah, no, that um, I mean, there's no reason, I guess, not to give the front office any. I mean, they haven't even had like a full like scouting personnel. Isn't that right? I feel like I've heard people say that, right? That free agency happens so fast that well, you were saying that that most of those deals are already figured out months in advance whether they want to admit it or not. Oh, I mean, in 2019, the Mavericks went out to dinner with. Uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis because their their intel and I'm using heavy quotes here was that free agency was going to be slow and it wasn't at all and everything happened while they were at dinner with Porzingis and then their backup plan was Danny Green and that motherfucker made us listen to his <laughs> shitty podcast for two I weeks remember that. he signed with the Lakers <laughs> so you know we have we have suffered but uh Logan I have to go soon so you got anything else no, no, no. Um, it was a great uh, year. And hey, I'll DM you slash email you because you're talking about wanting to hear what we might want. Yes. And I would, I would love to do like some day of free agency stuff from you or oh, hear God, it. Oh, yes. God, No, that's a okay. given. But I'm talking like regular stuff, like, okay. like scheduled just, content. I, this is my first like Spotify live thing this season, and I've really enjoyed it. So I didn't know if you'd do them for free agency and the trades and stuff. Oh, no. I'm going to keep doing these because I, t- I okay. can turn them into podcasts. This is great <laughs> great shit for all of us. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. It was it was a good season, Kirk. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Logan. Um, let's go. Let's rapid fire. Austin, what do you got? One more time with the mute. One more time. Austin, you there? All right, we'll try in a second here if you're not able to come back up. Sean, what do you got for us tonight? What's up, Kirk? Uh, what a season. What a season. Um, you can hear me, right? I can. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, um, During the game, it became really doom and gloom, obviously, because of how the, how the, um, like the first half basically went. But I feel like there's there was a lot of like weird shit that has happened in this game. Firstly, like people have gotten upset at people criticizing Luca. I mean, you criticize your best player also. Like it, we're not dismissing his larger impact on the team, but the criticism is necessary. And going into the future, actually, um, if you look at the like you guys have been discussing it, yeah, like I do not think the Mavs are making like a big hit this off season. I firstly don't see any strong reason to outside, you know, 
uh, getting a proper interior force only because the one thing I've taken away from what all the players have said in the interviews after the game is that the chemistry on this team is almost perfect. And I feel like that plays a massive role in terms of how we actually got the like the players that we have, the roster, how it's constructed. I think they played at the peak performance they could to get us this far. And I feel like chemistry played a massive part in that. So when you say let's trade Tim Hardaway Jr. Firstly, I don't think anyone wants to like trade for a guy who was streaky up until he got injured and then hasn't played in the last three months. Tim Hardaway's contract's also relatively favorable. I think it goes down over years. So yep. and he is in and he is integral to this team's chemistry. With same goes for like, of course, Dorian Finney Smith. I think Theo Pinson bringing him back won't be hard. But there's a lot of like really good shit about this team that due to not performing well because of how they're constructed, which we're about forgetting. Dwight Powell is not going anywhere. I will write this down right now. He's making 11 or 12 million next year. He's the only... He he played 100 games this season. And yep. I feel like owners like Mark Cuban will really value yes, that indeed. sort of an availability. Yeah, Dwight Powell's there. He's been there for the Mavericks for six years now, six, seven years now. I don't think like you just cut the cord on some guy like that that easily. I think Dwight Powell can have a reduced role, but I don't I don't see him leaving this team until his contract's up. And yeah, I think we have like a lot of good things to look forward to. I think that 26 pick could be like we can hit on it. And yeah, Luca's here at least till 2027. So I agree with you when you say like we do not try to put all our trade assets up right now. We're looking at what's happening with the Lakers right now. They they have literally zero flexibility. It's because the Stepien rule doesn't let you trade that many yep. picks away. And they're just like hamstrung. And I don't want us to be in that situation. Even For two sure. years from now, our cap is basically opening up again. And I'm not saying we wait until that. I, I'm saying we do what so many other proper like Western Conference Finals levels teams do. Make adjustments around the outside. Try to get some people for the mid-level exception. Try to get people around that range and hope that they can take the jump. Like nobody expected Reggie Bullock to play the way he did. He still performed that way. If you can find like at least one center that can give us some sort of that what Bullock provided as a 3 and D wing. If you can get a center that can provide something like that in his role. I think we're already looking better for next year. No more doom and gloom. I think this team has given us good reason to be optimistic. They were just like, you have six reliable rotation players playing 40 minutes every game. All our series went at least six games, except this one, of course. The players were tired. You can't make shots when you're tired. It happens. Tough loss. The Warriors, if there's a team I would lose to, I'd rather lose to the Warriors. They're purely, they're bred for championships. So I don't think there's shame in that. Of course, the way we played, there is a little bit of shame in that. But I mean, what a season we've had. We all have been waiting for like just the bare modicum of success for like a decade now. And trying to find negatives in a year we made the conference finals might be the negative. Like we are being negative by looking sure. at the negative. So yeah. And Kirk, thank you for everything you've done this season. So psyched to see the like be a regular part of whatever you're planning to do next season i think everyone in this room would agree that you're doing a fantastic job for all us mffls make the game easier to follow make it 
just make it extremely fun for like a fan base to have reporters like you around. So sure. thank you for that. Sure thing, Sean. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, sir. Have a good evening. Oh, what a fun year. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Be quick. I'm tired. <laughs> Hit the unmute button. Is it going to work for Josh tonight? All right, Josh, we'll punch you and bring you back up if uh, you get a chance. Jeremy, what do you got for us? Jeremy, you there? Hit that unmute button. We'll see how it goes. All right, Jeremy's not able to talk either. Um, looks like Spotify's having some fun. Um, let me try to invite Jeremy up on stage. Jeremy, what's up? You able to hit the unmute button, Jeremy? Uh, I think Best. I got it now. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. Hey, uh, I just kind of want to give a brief explanation because everybody is in the chat with the sign-in trades for guys. The reason why oh, it's real, it's real. There are no sign-in trades that are happening unless something like magical happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty much impossible. And for anybody who's wanting Levine or any of those guys, uh, essentially, the so how it works is there's there's the salary cap or whatever i don't know what the number is but there's a tax apron and that's it next year it's looking like 155 the mavericks cannot be over 155 and accept a sign and trade player and that's for anything so they can't get under if they have six players and they're at 155 you can't sign a minimum player to go over that it's a hard cap they have to shed salary right they'd have to shed like 40 or 50 million dollars plus send out uh the guys they need in the sign and trade because they're at 182 next year before they sign. And people just don't get this. It, it, it's like our books, the, the longtime cap guru of the Mavericks is retiring. And I don't want to kick anybody's ass on the way out, but I don't understand why he had a job for life. They have never had a good cap situation in this entire collective bargaining agreement. All they did was save for cap space and then piss it away. Yeah, well, teams continuously show that the best way to acquire players was through sign-and-trade or through trades at the end of somebody's contract, and they kept trying to get it on the free agent market, even up to last year. Uh, but, yeah, basically, they would have to shed, I mean, at least $27 million before they could even discuss it, and then they'd have to find a way uh, to get even further under the cap just to fill out the rest of the roster. They're Sign and trade, it's it's impossible unless you're giving up multiple future first round picks to dump guys like Bertans and Dinwiddie on Oklahoma City or somebody who will take a big contract for nothing. Yep. Yep. Thank you for this good summation because I know all this stuff, but I've been reluctant to actually speak about it because I tend to get the particulars wrong. And it's hard to explain because I think people don't grasp the fact that Luka Doncic is going to make $43 million next year, like Luka alone. And then you look at the other contracts that are on the roster and the numbers just add up. Like they have done a terrible job after being under the cap for close to a decade. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Brunson is a free agent at all this year an unrestricted free agent all this year is an absolute. It's a travesty. And it's, it was entirely because the Dallas Mavericks thought they could get Giannis Antetokounmpo, so they signed a bunch of guys in 2019, thinking that he'd be a uh, he'd be a free agent either last summer or this summer. I can't remember the dates entirely. 
And they, they just thought they would have salary to send out and they'd be able to go get Giannis. And it was a stupid gamble then. It looks terrible now. Well, what's funny and ironic is they could have had Giannis, except they wanted to keep their salary clean to sign Dwight Howard. By <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a pattern here. Right. So hopefully they've learned their lesson with the new guys. But yeah, sign and trades aren't happening. You can make trades, but it's just not happening with a sign and trade because you just cannot. I can't stress that enough. The 155 salary tax apron is a hard cap. You cannot go up for any reason. I mean, yep. The, all these signing minimum guys, the, I mean, unless you have a hardship exception like you did this year, you can't get anybody. Yeah, it's really, it's uncomfortable because it's like, I don't want to, like, granted, we're at an hour and 30, and I don't want to, like, rain on anybody's parade after a fun year. Because, look, if this same team comes back, this same team could make some noise. It's just, there's a slight opportunity, or uh, opportunity is the wrong word. There's a slight chance that we're looking at Hawks, or Portland in 2019 thing where it's you overachieve and then your expectations are way too high. Yeah. I mean, the positive thing, I mentioned this in the chat earlier. The one thing that kind of makes me not as doom and gloom about this offseason is at least that there is a defined, we know exactly what the team needs. They need somebody who is larger than seven feet who can catch a basketball near the rim, uh, be a rebound or a lob and they need depth. So, I mean, there's just not – there's at least a, a path. They only have a couple ways to do it, but you can target players who fit those roles rather than sure. – you know, when, when the thing with the with Porzingis was it muddied up the team – the way the team looked so bad, you couldn't go find a center because in the ideal version of the team, he's going to play 10 minutes per game while KP got 35 minutes at the center position. So you couldn't <sighs> spend on that. You couldn't put any capital into that. Well, this has been good. Thanks for uh, for chatting with us. Yes. Sorry. Thanks. All right. We'll talk soon, Jeremy. All right, guys. I have no idea if this is going to record or not. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, we'll try to record this tomorrow night, and we'll see where uh, we go from here. I hope you guys had a fun time this season. I'm going to keep up with the content. I really think the only time I'll take a break is in August. I'm going to Las Vegas Summer League for a few days. You know, I'll probably do some stuff from there. We'll have draft stuff, though I'm not really a draft guy, so we'll see where things go. You guys have been great, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Go Mavs! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.